Hey everybody, it is Stephen from the past, Stephen from the future, Stephen from the way future. And I just wanted to let you all know, this is too happy an intro for this, uh, that we are going to be touching on the Gary Bettman press conference in this episode, uh, which means we will be touching um, tangentially, not not tangentially, pretty fully on the Kyle Beach story. Um, so if that uh, it could be triggering for you or uh, damaging to you in any way, as soon as you hear us talk about Gary Bettman, um, you know, after the Jack Eichel trade, you may want to tune out for a while. I will put uh, minutes in the show notes so you'll know when to avoid uh, because I obviously can't know that now without it edited, but just wanted to give you all a heads up. Thanks for listening and goodbye. What's up, everything? Jack Eichel is up, up, and away to Las Vegas. Boring! The trade saga is finally complete, but why, oh why, did it have to be the Golden Knights? And speaking of things that are inherently bad, Gary Bettman. So let's get started, and let's go blue. podcast it is thursday november 4th and we unlike jack eichel are uh no longer in buffalo i guess we are like jack eichel in that respect <laughs> We're exactly i hadn't alike. thought i hadn't thought that one through i'm gonna be honest we are not under anesthesia although it may sound like it at times <laughs> during this podcast uh we're here but we're back we're out of arnold we escaped the basement that saga was not all that interesting, but it's through, the, so you ain't got to worry about the it The listeners anymore. voted. They didn't like yeah, that no, uh, season. No, that sure season did. felt like the writers were really phoning but, it in. But they really demanded the return of Butthurt or not Butthurt, but which yeah. I was, I'm surprised to hear that. But, it, you know, if the people want it, they ain't, they're going to get it good and hard, you know you, what I'm saying? You'd be surprised that we... Uh, screen every episode <laughs> in front of a in front of like an audience of like 10 people just to see what they what their takes are i think these people would just be just surprised to know we put in any effort whatsoever <laughs> those 10 people always say Fine. That episode is fine. And then we just run with it. Yep. And that's why we're never getting any better. But we're trying. We are trying. We're pouring money into this. Focus groups are not cheap. And to do it weekly with no advertising, really, it's uh, self-suicide. But, you know. You're welcome for no advertising. That's right. That's right. We keep it free for the people. Not because nobody's paying us. (laughs) Not because the offers aren't flooding. Look, <laughs> well, I will, I will uh, simp to anything. You, want, you know, you want me if you want me to tell you about magic spoon yep. cereal. Yep. Uh, I will enchanted tell you about fork. It. You know, enchanted bewitched fork. knife. We'll do any. We'll do any cutlery. What would, what would you call a spoon and a fork together? Mmm, a spork. Yes. Probably a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> there's, I bet there's some like, uh, some like. 
upstart company that's Fapoon out there. And oh, it's like, you yeah. know, it's the you, competitor to uh, Nature's Box. <laughs> like, have you ever wanted, like, all of your utensils in <laughs> one hand? Well, now you can. Now you can with Fapoon. Uh, and speaking of having everything in one place, it's the Vegas Golden Knights who now have all of the players, just all of them. Every player that's ever been traded is now on the Vegas Golden Knights. Ryan O'Reilly, I think, is there somehow. He's, he'll, he'll be there he's not here years. anymore. So uh, I woke up this morning. Last night I went to bed. The boys have played and I was te- Toying around with the idea of a shocking three-team trade that somehow ended with Matthew Kachuk here, Jack Eichel in Buffalo, and, like, Vladimir Tarasenko and uh, whoever else in Calgary, you know? Um, And uh, it didn't happen. Did I say Jack Eichel in Buffalo? I meant Vladimir Tarasenko and Jack Eichel in in Calgary and a whole lot of crap in Buffalo. No, Jack Eichel has to stay in Buffalo. (laughs) They traded trade. him back. They traded him to us. We traded him to Calgary, and Calgary traded <laughs> Imagine him. Imagine a circle. Yeah, ah, you went right back. But at least they got pieces. <laughs> but you got traded. So we trade. They traded him here. We let him get the surgery while he was here, and then we traded right him bit. back. In any case, then I woke up this morning to the devastating news from you. Thanks. Uh, that he had, in fact, been traded to the Vegas Golden Knights, along with a third-round pick in 2022 for Alex Tuck. Peyton Krebs, a 2022 first round pick and a 2023 second round pick. This is uh, the latest in a series of first over first round picks that the Vegas Golden Knights have traded away heartlessly. Um, I don't even, you know, I don't even want to really talk about. No, this. we're gonna Vegas. We're gonna. Vegas is gonna let him get the artificial disappointment. Do we have to? We have. Okay. To. Start. Have to. Start. Right, right, where right. do you want to start? You want to start Buffalo or Vegas? <sighs> Buffalo. Okay. So what would you rate Buffalo's return as? A to F. A to F minus. A plus to F minus. Uh, I'm going to get... Yeah, I think I'm a little more charitable than you are. I think I'm going to give it a B. But here's the thing. They effed this all up so badly. B for brutal. (laughs) (laughs) They effed it up so badly that it's like that they managed to salvage it. They here's the thing. They had to get Peyton Krebs if they were going to trade him to Vegas. Yeah, they had to. And the fact that all I ever heard in the, about this negotiation was, "Hey, Peyton Krebs is off the table. It's not happening without with <laughs> Peyton Krebs." The fact that they that Keith Wine actually st- stood his ground and got Peyton Krebs, I even though the rest of it's crap. You know, I mean, Alex Tuck, they'll flip probably and get some more futures for in in the long run. He's but still like, a young guy. He's yeah, the same he's age young. as Eichel. There we go. So, um, but in, they'll still flip him because yeah, nobody yeah. wants to be in Buffalo. But, but um, Kevin Adams said today that they only want players that are like dying to be Buffalo Sabres. I believe that's an actual quote. It's like, we only want players here that are dying to be Buffalo Sabres. I'm like, I hate to bring it to you. Yeah, no more players. Yeah, fold <laughs> it all. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, should they have gotten more picks or futures? Of course. Should they have given up a third-round pick for some reason? Of course not. Um, maybe it's like a C. I don't know. But, that, like, they it was they bungled this whole situation so badly that if I'm judging strictly from this point, did they get enough? Yeah, I guess, because they weren't going to get more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's, like, it's hard. Like, should they have gotten more for trading Jack Eichel? Of course. 
but did they put themselves into a position where they couldn't have possibly expected more? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they did the best that they could do in their current situation. I mean, Alex Tuck's a pretty good player. I mean, he's a former, former 50-point getter uh, two years ago, three years ago at this point in Vegas. So, And he's still young. He's only 24 um 24 25 so i i I think he's a good player he's a don granado player he's a heavy player he's a a power forward as they call them i don't know if those really exist anymore and so now we've pivoted to just larger players just automatically (laughs) being power forwards but he he plays well in the playoffs if buffalo is to ever make it that far um so he will not play well in the playoffs yeah, yeah. until he's traded. But. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's that's what you that's what you go with when you trade him. That's a playoff performer. We can't tell you that. Vegas can tell you Vegas. that. Oh, I mean, baby. We all got the memory. <laughs> and Peyton Krebs, I mean, it seems like this is a player that should pan out. I don't think he was maybe as highly touted as some of the other first-round picks that uh, Vegas has traded away, and like Cody mm-hmm. Glass or like Nick Suzuki. Um, but this is one of those guys that... I, I, I mean, you should you should be good, right? In the hockey writers' top 100 prospects for the NHL entering the season, Peyton Krebs was. Oh, I thought he was going to be higher than this. Oh God, how far down are we going to go? We're still scrolling. 17. He's a utility knife kind of player. I don't know what that means. That's some that's some Canadian crap, isn't it? Who are the Winnipeg Ice? They are. Is that uh, a rebrand? Formerly Winnipeg. Moon? No. Manitoba Moose, I think, maybe. But no, but this is a W. Oh, no, they're the formerly Kootenay Ice, I think. Oh, no, they're the Winnipeg Ice. Okay. Look, I have just enough knowledge <laughs> of the CHL that, like, I can tell you if a name sounds right or sounds wrong. And Winnipeg Ice was like, I've never heard of a Winnipeg Ice. Yeah, they moved in 2019. Okay. He was the captain there. He had 60 points in 38 games two seasons ago, 43 points in 24 games. Uh, last season mm-hmm. uh, you know i don't know he's 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 what do you say top 11 top 20 on like 17 top, yeah. yeah there you go That's... i mean he's the vegas he's vegas's best prospect. yeah he's their blue chip so and you couldn't if you had walked away from this trade without whichever teams you were trading to best prospect yeah fault your franchise so I, I heard on puck soup they're talking about supposedly uh-huh. that it was talks about Krebs or Tuck, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. If you only got one of them, even if it's Peyton Krebs, like, Ooh, rough. That's like a rough. that's a D, no matter what. Yeah. So, do you think uh, Alex Tuck is dying to be a <laughs> Buffalo's favorite? Uh, no. So, I think he is from the area. He is oh, from the okay. northeastern. So he's area. got out of there on purpose. Yeah. Though, so right? he knows about it. <laughs> he knows left. how bad it is. Um, Would you believe it if I told you that former Kootenay Ice, uh, in addition to Peyton Krebs, include Roman Polak, both of the Reinhardts, Kale Flurry, and um, who did I see over here? Oh, Yaroslav Svoboda. I didn't think Roman Polak was in <laughs> was the that in CHL. junior hockey? Yeah, what? Roman Polak. He had pretty good English, so I, yeah. I can believe it. I can believe it. Yeah, he's he's opened that door. Roman Polak still only thirty five. Really? I would have thought it he just had says to be it's like the beard. It's that beard. Yeah. He's looked old for forever. That's right. What do you think of the Vegas end of things? Fuck the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, I hate this team. I hate this team. 
if we were doing a tier ranking of NHL teams, mm. obviously F tier is the Blackhawks for a multitude of reasons. <laughs> but the next tier, whatever it is, might just be Vegas yeah. and nobody else. I feel like I don't hate that many teams in the NHL right now. And I am so friggin' sick of the Vegas Golden Knights. And listen, good for them for being hungry and trying to get talent. But it also legitimately, I don't think, is that good of a strategy. Like, you're, you, I know you can make too much of, like, locker room chemistry and how the room feels and stuff. But you can also make too little of it. And I think our franchise, most of all, should know the differences between a team that's gelling and a team that's not. It can literally be the difference between being the worst team in the league and the winning the Stanley Cup, yeah. you know? And I I just think by con- this constant, this constant, like, um, specter of, like, well, if you, if, if we don't, if we don't friggin' win, I'll, I'll blow it up again. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever I have to do. I'll, I'll cut whoever I have to cut and ship whoever have, I have to ship wherever I have to ship them to pay the most for the next fancy shiny toy that, like, is out there and available. It's like, it's just toxic and terrible and i know i know it's a destination i know everybody wants to go to vegas because it's vegas and it's great living and it's a cool town on the rise and all the vegas stuff in addition to that Mm. but i'm not sure they can keep that reputation because the greg wasinski rule does apply nhl players don't want to move their shit and if if the vegas gains the reputation and i don't know how they could not at this point of like their their word isn't worth anything and you're mm. just a commodity to them and they'll move you at the drop of a hat. I'll say they traded Cody Glass for Nolan Patrick, which didn't make any sense, and he was like their first overall pick mm. ever. He was their first overall pick. And like you know, and like they just will do anything at any time to anybody to improve the team. And I guess as a fan, there's a part of that that's like, ooh, this is exciting. We're always getting new toys to play with. There's always something new going on. There's always rumors. There's always rumblings. But, Mm. like, what happens if Jack Eichel doesn't win you the cup, baby? (laughs) You ain't got anything. You're not getting Connor McDavid. You can't afford it. You know? I mean, somebody will get Connor McDavid (laughs) when he demands a trade out of Edmonton, but it finally won't be you. And how stupid will you feel when you can't afford (laughs) Connor McDavid? Unless... Which they might, they go and trade Jack Eichel for Connor McDavid or whatever. That's the you way. Know? Jack Eichel in their next three first round picks. Oh, man, yeah, that's. I what... hate. I loathe this franchise. <laughs> I can't imagine having ever gone from that liking a franchise that much to despising this ma- them that much without like a Blackhawks level off the ice sort of thing going on. You know. Mark Stone. Mark Stone did, uh, you know, make Bozak's brains all scrambly. He did Yeah, Yeah. that's true. He's kind of a dickhead. And that helped. And they stole Alex Petrangelo, and that's certainly personal and and makes it a little uh, little stronger. They just shit-canned Marc-Andre Fleury for nothing. Like, Mm -hmm. they'll do it it to anyone. That's what's crazy. Why would you want to go there? You need, if you're going to Vegas and you don't want this happening to you. MC, baby. Yeah, you need a no-movement clause. Yep. At least if you're Petro, you're like, well, I'm here now. Yeah. And I can't move my ass. But it's like, 
Anybody else? Anybody else at any given time? Who else? I'm I'm gonna look up who has them on there. But what do you think about the gold? Uh, I mean, it's it's boring in the sense that like even months ago it was like, well, Vegas would love to have them. Like that, I think that's the most boring part. Is like way back when it was like obvious that Eichel was gonna get traded. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how long ago it was. Like freaking six months ago or more. Um, and people were speculating what teams could do it. They're like, oh, no teams can do that. They just come out of COVID. Teams don't have enough money. They don't want to spend all this money on a new guy. That He's injured. All this stuff. Immediately, the people were like, well, Vegas does need a center. And I remember being like, oh, really? And then Vegas kind of went away a little bit. Just like every team sort of went away in all these rumors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to just have them come back. I'm like, yeah, it was Vegas. We speculated it would be Vegas right from the top. And indeed it was. It was kind of lame and boring. Um, but for them, it's exciting. It's it's interesting. I hope he works out for them, at least for Jack Eichel's sake. Like, I guess, first of all, it's nice that Jack Eichel can actually get the surgery he wants and not have to, you know, bend over backwards to whatever a team wants him to do, that they're going to allow him to get the, like, disc replacement surgery. So that's nice. And I hope he has a healthy career and plays well there because I do like Jack Eichel. Um but yeah, it's very interesting. They're spending a lot of money on their top six, which is what you want to do. But then they spent a lot of money on their goalie, and they spent a lot of money on Petrangelo. And they've traded away all five of their first first-round picks that they've ever had over the last mm-hmm. three years. Um, Cody Glass for Nolan Patrick, Nick Suzuki for Max Pacioretty, Eric Brandstrom for Mark Stone. Their 2018 30th overall pick, which was uh, turned into Joe Valeno. For, or Detroit, yeah, that's who picked them for Thomas Tatar. Mm-hmm. Peyton Krebs now for Jack Eichel. It's like, I'm just very interested to see. They're very boomer bust, right? Because it's like, they have to be in the cup conversation. Um, they just have to be, especially mm-hmm. starting next year. And if they even look just kind of mediocre, they're already like a bust. Because there's, you can't. You can't go for it and not have any futures anymore and then be like, well, we also can't win either. And it's like, well, you've kind of set yourself up. They really keep setting up the pins for now, 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 now. Yeah, this team is pot committed as hell. And they are old too. And right now they're three highest salary, three of their four highest salary players, their three highest salary forwards are all in LTIR. Mm. It's like... And, yeah, they'll get healthy, but what if it's not permanent health? You know, like, those are all concerns. Like, I'm not... What are they going to do when they all are healthy and they're, like, whatever it is, $12 over the cap? Yeah. Well, they'll just fuck over somebody else, I guess. people, like, were real quick to be like, well, I guess it's just Riley Smith and I forget some other player. Oh, Alec Martinez. Like, it'll just be those two. Yeah. And it was very... Why did they go sign Alec (laughs) Martinez then? (laughs) It was a very nonchalant, and I was like, yeah, because they'll just find anyone. That's what's so weird to me about Vegas. If you sign like, a dude in the off season yeah. and to an extension and then trade him for cap reasons, you are shitty. That's literally, like, literally, Chell will scold you if you do that. <laughs> literally, honest to God, if you in a franchise mode, at least at times in the history of that, if you signed a guy as a free agent and then you trade him. Like, soon after that, there will be a message that pops up that's like, yo, dude, you shouldn't do that. You're going to ruin your reputation with players. Mm. They ain't going to want to sign here no more. 
and the and that's what the Vegas Golden Knights are actually doing. That's what feels so weird is like that they There's, they keep getting away with it. Yeah. How do they keep getting away <laughs> with it? Um, but you know what I mean. Like it's just anywhere else it would be talked about. I feel like a lot more. Maybe it's just because Vegas came into the league and this is what they've been like from day one. So that's just kind of their identity. And so you're like that's what they are. But yeah, if like the Blues were signing people like and trading them away. The Tory Krug thing, perhaps. We signed Tory Krug, we let Seattle take him, sort of thing. That would be a pretty big deal because you are burning a bridge and you are showing uh, everyone that you like very much think of people as expendable. Which, again, it's a business. Everyone knows that. But you kind of have to keep that as a quiet part, right? Mm. You're like, this is a business. I could trade anyone, but I'm not going to say that. I'm not yeah. going to show my hand. But Vegas is like, they're saying the quiet part out loud. They're like, yeah, we will trade anyone. Yeah. And I'm just like you, I just wonder how long that leash is. And they also, they they do not have a plan. It is literally the next shiny thing all mm. the time. They have no interest in getting younger. They have no interest in building for the future. It's now, 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 now. And I don't think that's sustainable in the NHL. Teams... Yeah, get good and fall off way too quickly in this league to have that mindset. I mean, listen, we're it was it was cute a week or two ago to be like, oh, you know, the Buffalo Sabers are undefeated. Well, yeah, yada yada yada, you know, and like laugh about that. But we are a month into the season right mm-hmm. now. The Blues and Jets are leading the Central Division. The Oilers and Flames are leading the Pacific. The Panthers and Maple Leafs are leading the Atlantic. And the Hurricanes and Rangers are leaving the Metropolitan. And no one had any of their those teams at the top of those divisions, mm. right? And it's... Yeah, there's still plenty of time for that to change, obviously. But, like, there's too much parity in this league to just be like, I have no plan, I'm just grabbing everything shiny and putting it in my little cubby hole, you know, in my little trophy case. And that seems to be Bill Foley's M.O. And, you know, I guess good for him, but I'm not sure it's going to help him win games. Have we read this list of their first five first-round picks in franchise history? You read that? Yep. Okay, I'm sorry that I missed that. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not good. And, uh, you know, who would have helped you not need, um, uh, Jack Eichel is if you'd had Nick Suzuki on your team right now, you know? I know, you're just kind of swapping, you're just kind of swapping pieces of, like, you know, filling holes and creating new holes. Yeah. (laughs) Kicking the can (sighs) down the road, the shiny, shiny can. That's right. So, speaking of things I'd like to kick, Gary (laughs) Bettman is a garbage human being. We knew this. Uh, <laughs> but he proves it to us over and over again in over case we forgot. Again. It's remarkable. I don't really care to read everything that he said or the depth, as everyone knows earlier this week, the uh, league, Batman and, and um, Bill Daly spoke on uh, a Zoom conference from their uh, palatial offices <laughs> in South Central Manhattan nestled between Hudson Yards and Chelsea and the Garment District, just right there in the middle of those three. I looked up a map. Wow. I know a lot about uh, a lot about Manhattan. Also, <laughs> if you go about three blocks east of uh, the uh, office, you get to Koreatown. So I think that tells you all you need to know about Gary Bettman. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he's a creepy old man. But anyway. Uh... <laughs> Let me say he's a North Korean mole. <laughs> he's a North Korean mole. Ah, um, some tweets that I do think are salient 
Rick Westhead, who is the um, driving force behind this whole story uh, and attempted to get freezed out of the conference. Well, he didn't attempt. The NHL attempted to freeze him out of the press conference, which we'll talk about in a minute, tweeted, Gary Bettman claimed today that the NHL has a sexual abuse policy. I'd like to see a copy. If such a policy exists, wouldn't Bettman have been obligated to formally investigate in December 2020 when he first learned of the abuse allegations from the Blackhawks? Uh, the NHL also claimed that Akeem Alou's investigation about Bill Peters is done, and quote, we've been in touch with Akeem Alou's representatives about next steps, if there are any. And Ben Micellis uh, tweeted, this is news to me and not true. I am Akeem's rep, and NHL has not been in touch with us for over a year. Also, investigation was into broader issues of racism. Akeem experienced entire career in NHL and not limited to Peters. Witnesses we told them about haven't been contacted, and then gave the little monocle uh, emoji which is always that's a good that's a good uh, shade emoji yeah. you know that's a usually you're throwing some shade with that one the kids but, like that one yeah the kids love it um <laughs> Bettman did apologize to Kyle Beach and said what happened was inappropriate it was wrong on every level and it was not handled correctly by the Blackhawks organization which is not what he sounds like but he you know so you're getting there you're in the ball park. yeah I'm, I'm there uh I you know what I don't care I this here's the thing here's here's the fundamental thing that i care about from this press conference is this when when something like this happens to an organization that you're in or the, especially that you run you can broadly speaking have one of two reactions i think you can either say on the one hand this is a terrible thing that happened and it's going to really really suck for us for a while but i'm actually thankful that this was uncovered because now we have an opportunity to address it, to fix it, to make ourselves better, and make sure it never happens again. Or you can say, we wish this had never seen the light of day. We wish uh, Kyle Beach or whoever else in some parallel case uh, was still suffering in silence and not getting the uh, restitution and recognition that he deserves. We wish we'd never had to find the Blackhawks. We wish nobody ever got to ask us questions about this. And after this press conference, it is very clear which of those categories the NHL falls into. Uh, and it's not the first one. It's not the good one. And I think the the two most heinous examples of that to me are the attempt to freeze out Rick Westhead, mm -hmm. to freeze a reporter whose only sin is uncovering this story that is your fault, that your league allowed to happen. Mm -hmm. Okay? So as an investigative journalist, all he did was his damn job and uncovered, you know, crimes and <laughs> such. And you tried to freeze him out of the press conference. And then, and then this is the part that honestly pisses me off more than anything else. And then when basically when his colleagues forced you to answer his question, mm -hmm. uh, you, he, he used his time not, not to rake you over the coals, not to grill you, not to slam any hard questions down your throat about how you didn't know or how you didn't act sooner or why you didn't investigate in 2020. He didn't do any of that. All he asked was whether Gary Bettman, who claimed to be willing to cover the counseling of um, Kyle Beach and his family and anything that they would need to go through, which, you know, the gentlest of credit to them for that. Yeah. All he did was ask if uh, the NHL would uh, vow to do that for John Doe number two, who I guess is still John Doe number two, even yeah. though John Doe number one isn't. Anyway, um... 
the victim, the 16-year-old victim, formerly 16-year-old victim, in Michigan, and Gary Bettman gave some lawyer response about, well, I'd have to know the details of that story to mm. possibly commit to that. I can't just commit to that without knowing the details, which there's two problems with that. First, it's a flawed on a very fundamental human level. To say that from your palatial sky-rise New York office, mm. well, we can't pay for counseling for one twenty-something-year-old guy uh, if we don't <laughs> know the details yeah. of their case. is a re- That's just a real kick in the nuts. But also, you know the details of their case because it was a public trial. The guy who was he was sentenced to a crime. The guy that your organization let go there because they were too pussyfooted not only to not investigate, not only to do right by Kyle Beach, but just to not give this guy a good recommendation to go other places. And he went other places. He abused a minor. There was a, cri- a criminal trial. He went to jail. You know all the details you need to know. And if you don't know the details, that means you're paying none attention to this story that is rocking your entire league. And it's just like, fuck everything. You know, at some point, I don't even care. I'm sorry. I'm No, no it's true. I mean, they they started all right in this press conference and then the other 90% was just like a complete lack of empathy. And I get that they were getting questions from reporters and reporters asked them, how much do they know? How come you didn't do this? How come you do that? But it's like, man, it was just super cold all of a sudden. I mean, they got real defensive. I'm kind of surprised. I think they talked about some puck soup too. I was really surprised that with all the deflecting that was going on from every other group, you know, um, Quinville and Bowman and everything, Upwards, I'm surprised mm-hmm. that the NHL just didn't go. Uh, I, you know what? We're as surprised as you are. This like some Blackhawk shit, and we can't believe it. We yeah. are shocked, and just just throw it at the Blackhawks. But it was a Blackhawks fault. We'll deal with it. But just so you know, they didn't tell us anything. So this is how dare they? Yeah. You know, just to try and get on the side of reporters. But no, they were like, I they, I wouldn't say they're defending the Blackhawks, but in a way. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, there was another thing Bettman said that was really freaking annoying, where I think they were talking about Sheldon Kennedy, who was the the other player that I think is bigger or Mm -hmm. more well-known in Canada, um, who was sexually assaulted, I think, in juniors or outside of the NHL, and he's been a big advocate for, you know, um, talking about his story and advocating, you know, for, for this sort of stuff to be looked into and, you know, taken out of the game, obviously. But... I think someone brought him up or Batman brought him up and then he basically like had to have this underhand comment of like, well, you know, Sheldon Kennedy has done a lot for us. We want to be able to talk with him about these sorts of things, even though his incident was uh, not within the NHL. And it was like, that's <laughs> the, that's the inside voice. Yeah. Like, don't say that. Why does it matter? Like, it doesn't matter. Just like have any sort of ally in your corner that can educate you on this stuff. And you're yeah. like, well, just so you know, that wasn't in the NHL. And it's like, no anyone who's on this call knows that. No one gives a shit. Yeah. Just stop. Just stop. Like, it was, he's too much of a lawyer. And I hate it. He literally it. is. And the problem is, there's no one... There's no one on earth who doesn't think the NHL represents hockey writ that's large what I mean. you in the just, world. At least in North America. Well, there's a reason, like, the Hockey Hall... It's the Hockey Hall of Fame yeah. or whatever. It's like, I'm almost certain it's like run by the NHL. It's Uh like the NHL is hockey. Right. Like everyone that's anyone in any sort of hockey league knows about it and is trying to get to that place. So it's like, 
you are kind of like the governing body. Like the queen kind of represents England, even though she doesn't fucking run England. <laughs> like you're, you kind of are hockey. So just like put your best foot forward and be like, we're not going to do this shit in the NHL anymore. And then everyone else has to be in, you know, lockstep because we're like, well, shit, if we want to be, if we ever want to aspire to be that, you know, then we need to be able to, you know, have all these sorts of checks and balances when it comes to this sort of stuff. But yeah, it's, it was very cold. It was very weird. It was very, I shouldn't have been surprised, but I am. And like you said, I think you're right. They just, they didn't seem remorseful. That's um, they seemed remorseful, like not that they did any, not that they did anything specifically, but mm-hmm. they almost seem more remorseful for being caught. You're not yep. sorry. You're sorry that people found out. Yep. And that's it's just it hurts so much because they, they're just not going to do anything. I mean, if anything points to that, it's the fact that they didn't, they haven't done jack shit for Akima Lou. Yep. They're not going to do anything. They want this. They think this story's done now. They yeah. They're like, we've figured it out. Gary Bettman's got a hotline you can call because he's 90 oh, years old. That man loves He loves hotline. hotline. I honestly want to just like call it and be like, fuck you. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, anyone can call it from anywhere. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Great. Well, you covered it, man. Oh, Everyone's going to speak up now. Because before, you know what the problem was before? All those guys were in that room and they were like, there's can we no call hotline. someone? No, and they're yep. like, no, there's no one we can call. There's, the there's not like a 1-800 number for this. Is there like, well, shit. And then they just get swept under the rug. This um, is here's oof. here's what I don't get understand. There is so like, I I don't even like talking about the story this way, so I'm only going to do it for like thirty seconds. But even from an optics perspective, mm-hmm. they did so badly. Mm-hmm. Like even if you were just going to be a heartless organization, but just wanted to be a heartless organization that was respected yeah, by people that, that and the people good. wouldn't feel ashamed to patronage yeah. and buy stuff from and wear the logo of, you would still do you would still say yes, of course we'll pay for counseling for the 16-year-old mm. victim. We'd be thrilled to pay for counseling. In fact, we're setting up a fund for counseling for any victim, any anyone in, in mm. the hockey worldwide hockey community, we're currently making a $5 million pledge. And we're calling it the Kyle Beach Foundation. And we're starting it with $5 million. We're going to do a fundraising campaign around the NHL to, uh, you know, provide hotline... Not hotline. More hotline. Provide resources <laughs> for, you know, uh, players who are, are victimized by coaches in any way or whatever. You know, whatever the language is. Like, yeah. anything you can do just to be like, see, guys, we're not so bad. We get it. This is a fight. We're all in this fight together. Yeah. But it's like they violently tried not to be likable in any way, you know, yeah. in any way. And it's just like... Okay, then. I guess if that's how it's going to be, that's how it's going to be. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. The Professional Hockey Writers Association, who, which is apparently run by Frank Saravalli, which I never knew, uh, wrote a, a lengthy um, condemnation, shall we say, of the NHL for refusing to call on Rick Westhead. Good for them. 
The PHWA is deeply concerned and disappointed that the National Hockey League clearly attempted to freeze out journalist Rick Westhead from asking a question during Monday afternoon's press conference with Commissioner Gary Bettman and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. It took until another report had pointed out that Westhead still had not been called upon and other media members were permitted to ask second follow-up questions that the NHL was shamed into allowing Westhead to ask his first question. Monday was also not the first time Westhead had attempted to participate in league press conferences, but was was denied the opportunity to ask. Westhead is not a PHWA member, but if anything, Westhead's work over the last months, not days, provides the vital, proved the vital need for a free press in hockey. He asked questions, gave a voice to the voiceless, and discovered countless facts and details that helped uncover one of the worst scandals in the league's 104-year history. At best, the NHL waiting 47 minutes to call on the journalist leading the charge and reporting on this heinous story, only after the league was publicly outed for not doing so, was an awful coincidence. At worst, it was an attempt to further avoid accountability and control the narrative. A free press is only effective if it's true free. Our message is simple. We will not be silenced. We will not be deterred. We will not stop asking questions for the good of the game, for the good of all involved. Apparently that was on page 30 of something. I don't know of what. Damn. Uh, that is a real screed, and I just want to point out the subtle irony of the fact that this organization coming to bat for someone who is not one of their members is quite the ironic parallel for the NHL who would never do anything <laughs> of this sort. So we can move on from scumbag Gary Bettman, because honestly, I didn't expect any better. Eh, I actually expected there to be, I actually expected it to be not that bad. I expected him to still be scummy and evasive, but I expected them to create some framework into which he could distract from his Mm. scummy evasiveness, and they just did not make that effort at all. I mean, no effort whatsoever. It was on full display. Yeah. I heard a really good point. Um, if you haven't noticed, I listen to Puck Soup. Um, <laughs> on Puck Soup, about real quick about Kevin Cheveldea, uh-huh. where he's like, okay, if they're going with this whole, he was an assistant GM, and what is, and he was only, he only started like six months ago, oh, and yeah. what was he supposed to? It do? was also Stan Bowman's first year as a GM. Yeah, yeah I don't know and they're like, heard. and you know, they made this big deal about he put himself in that meeting, which is like. There's like the only person who told us he was in that room was him, and it's like, okay, so you know for sure he was there then. Yeah, they're like, he he didn't even need to be in that meeting. I'm like, okay, but he was there. Yeah, like I don't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't mean to see this what? crime. I just showed up. <laughs> yeah, what is he trying to? Was he like, did he demand to be in there because he cared deeply about this issue and wanted to see it was handled right? And if he did, then why didn't he? <laughs> they, so they made a good point where they're like, okay, if you're gonna, if we're gonna buy all that, that. He was there, and he's he's new, and he's the assistant GM, and he's just there to run the cap, and he just assumed that when they talked about this, it was going to be run up the line, and it was going to be figured out. That what they should do is they don't have him, you know, lose his job over this necessarily then, but then you suspend him for like, or I don't know how you suspend him, if you suspend G or GM, sure, for like half the season, or some mm-hmm. sort of thing, or you penalize him monetarily. And you go, okay, here's the deal. He didn't do anything... He didn't know like what the details were. He thought it was going to get taken care of. So here's the problem. Don't assume that. Yeah. Don't ever assume that. And then report it to anyone and everyone. And and then you won't get fined and shit. They're like, this is the whole point. You cannot be a bystander anymore. There's no more bystanders. Mm-hmm. And, I w- and I think that'd be a, a pretty decent message. You'd be like, okay. Even... Even if they had just said that, yeah. you don't even have to punish this guy. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you should. You yeah. definitely should. You should. I don't think you should have a job anymore. But, like, 
Even you don't even have to just say that. Just like say, make it seem like you aren't inviting this to happen right. again. I think that's the weird thing is they felt very like they're like we never want this to happen again, and it's like of course, and that's kind of as far as they went. They're they just ne- like we they kind never, of just don't. They want They genuinely to never want it to happen again, but they are not going to do anything yeah, right. to prevent it from happening again, except that freaking hotline. Yeah. So. Um, I just think if you ever watch like Powerpuff Gary Girls, Gary knows when his hotline bling. That can only mean one. Powerpuff thing. Girls have like the red, the red uh-huh. like phone that he uses to call them, and I'm just like, see that thing lighting up with his little nose, and like, uh-oh. uh oh, something's gone wrong uh, in the NHL. Something's gone but it's strange. always blinking, and, and he Gar- just ignores it. it. <laughs> Gary's on the case. Yeah, did he say anybody was going to answer the hotline, or did he just say people could call? We've got millions of hotlines. Oh my up. god, the voicemail recordings they've got on these things We've anymore. Got a network. You a wouldn't network. believe. I'm just waiting for this hotline to find a nice girl and settle down. Goyle. A <laughs> Goya. A Gentile hotline. That's what it's got to find. All right. Uh, a couple players that I want to shout out for actually, you know, saying things that didn't suck. Wayne Simmons with a long, um, you know, was he did win the Mark Messier Leadership Award, right? Didn't he? I don't know. Let me look it up. Let me look up frequent. frequent. Who, did, who did Mark Messier choose? <laughs> is the real, that's he, the real and actual he, question. He cares deeply about it, though. He puts a lot of effort. Did you hear that bit of the podcast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There was, uh, yeah, he won it in 2018-19, the first year he was really bad. Last, (laughs) I think it was Last Puck Soup, which is the only one I've watched recently, ironically, listened to recently. Um, (laughs) uh, Greg was talking about how, because he's, Mark Messier is his co-worker now, Mm. about how, like, they're suddenly making a push at ESPN to be like, oh, but he cares deeply about that award. And he was like, yeah, I never doubted that he didn't. It still doesn't mean it's not stupid. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, they're gonna ask him that shit on the on like the panel. They're like, "Hey, Mark, it's towards the end of the season. You got some front runners." Like, "Yeah, I've been mulling it over. I've been taking some afternoons. <laughs> uh, just really think about it. And dig into the numbers." Uh, you know what? I was gonna say uh, two recent recipients, pa- Patrice Bergeron and Wayne Simmons, were about to speak pretty highly See? of, and I was about to say he had his finger on the pulse, but. 2014 15, Jonathan Taves. Oops. Uh oh. Whoopsie. Oh, we all make mistakes, Mark. Oh, you tried. You tried. You had it and you lost. <laughs> uh, Wayne Simmons said, First of all, I want to send my condolences to Kyle Beach. Everything that happened is heartbreaking. I found myself watching that interview and I started to tear up a little bit. The things that took, got me was when they asked him about the 16 year old and he apologized. To me, he has nothing to apologize for. He was the one who was wronged. And this is something that's systemic. I find in NHL, when something bad happens, the guys are afraid to speak up because of repercussions. And that's something that's definitely got to change. It's unacceptable. And I think within our dressing room, within a lot, without, excuse me, within a lot of other teams' dressing rooms, now the culture is kind of starting to change and starting to roll over, considering the new blood, fresh blood that's coming into the league. <laughs> 
I don't know why. Fresh blood. Fresh blood. <laughs> I'm in lockstep with what Robin Lanier said last night. More players got to speak up. More players got to do their part. We don't want this to continue to happen. As we go down the line here, we've got to make sure it's better for the players that are coming in after us. It's not about us anymore. It's about what happens to the young kids that are coming into the league now. I feel everyone must be held accountable, whether it's NHL, NHLPA. Everyone has to be held accountable. There's no excuses. This can't be just another fleeting moment where it's here now and then gone tomorrow. And they're trying to make it that. Yeah. But good work. Uh, Bo Horvat, one of the younger uh, generation of players Maybe he's talking blood. about. Fresh Maybe blood. the fresh blood. Yeah. But not that fresh. This isn't the spooky episode, Ian. You ain't got to say fresh blood every 12 okay. seconds. Fresh blood. <laughs> I got to save that yeah. for uh, next year. That's right. Uh, it is concerning because as, as leader, <laughs> typo there, uh, if someone were to come to me, you'd want to do whatever you can to help. And it is concerning that nobody did anything for 10 years. We're definitely going to have to sit down, have conversations about the future, and make sure that the right people are running it, the NHLPA, so this type of thing doesn't happen again. Um, so yeah, not looking great for Don Fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, I really want to shout out the... Uh, Boston Bruins, not something I've said a lot in my life. Although, you know, Boston Bruins going up, Vegas Golden Knights going down, you know? But uh, Chips in the night. Brandon Carlo said in a press conference that the entire Bruins team watched Kyle Beach's interview uh, on TSM with Rick Westhead together. Carlos said that both Bruce Cassidy, the head coach, and Patrice Bergeron, the captain, stressed that it was important to watch together as a team so good for them some people mm. are learning from this or weren't shitty people to begin with <laughs> that's honestly i don't think anybody's really learning i think there are people who were crappy people to start with and there are people who weren't people are just uh people showing their true colors <sighs> i see your true colors the st louis blues uh blue is a color and they're making me feel blue um Two games? we got two games to talk yeah. about, right? We're recording this before the San Jose game, which we're going to rush out and see so we can watch Joel Hofer's first NHL start. Shout out to Joel Hofer. Hey, Jolie Hofer. Jolie Hofs. Uh, you know how everybody calls him. <laughs> the Hofster. I saw him in Traverse City, and he is tall. Uh, what do they call him? Because like, people are like... Oh, Schwartz right. is like Schwartz is like Schwartzer and stuff like that. So he's already Hofer. Is he like Hopes? Yeah, he's probably hopes. I think it's hopes. Uh. We got to go back and watch that Petrangelo commercial again. Um, <laughs> Alex Petrangelo of the NHL. Of the NHL. That's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, this game, uh, O'Reilly and Sod were still out. It felt like a big game. Our first game against the Blackhawks in uh, like 600 days or something, and obviously coming off of all the stuff we were just talking about, uh, would have felt great to bash the Blackhawks' brains in. We did not. Uh, but we did win. The Blues buzzed early, but Flurry really was the story in this game. He looked great. Um, he looked great. He's a great. He's, he's a great, great old thirty-seven Vesna Trophy winning goalie. Uh, and you know, Barbashev, Thomas, and Tarasenko—they looked really good this year, and they ended up uh, factoring somewhat into the goal that came late in the third period. Not late, but in the middle of the third period. <laughs> late in the game. Tori Krug got his first goal of the season on the power play, assisted by Tarasenko and Perron. Tarasenko had the puck at the point. He passed it over to Krug at the top of the right circle. Krug shot a wrist shot past Flurry for the goal. I don't think Flurry really knew where this was or where it was coming from. He looked lost. Tori Krug with uh, one of two big moments in these pair of games. 
Uh, good for him. You know, good for Tory Krug. I think he's kind of coming into his own as a St. Louis Blue finally. It took a while, but he's here. He's arrived. Any thoughts, you know, on this game? Because I know we moved through it pretty quickly, but I don't think there was a lot to to draw from. A real here. shitter. No, it was good. It was good. Um, I only caught like a third period, which was the most uh, exciting period of it all. I mean, it could have been 4 nothing or so if it weren't for Flurry, especially early on. I mean, 37 shots to 25. That's kind of the story of the game. Blues obviously got way more possession. Uh, 12 high danger chances to the Blackhawks 9. And it's, I mean, that's, that's it, right? But Bennington, was that his first shutout of the season, I want to say? I mean, I know Huso already got one. Mm-hmm. I think it's Benner's first one. I think he's looked really good. I mean, only 25 shots, um, but that's like a standard <laughs> amount. That's an NHL amount. Yeah. He was tested. I, you know, I've, I I hate one nothing games. I mean, I love soccer. Did you know that? But um, I, did, I, I did. hate, but I hate one nothing games. You are becoming a real soccer convert. Yeah, well, that's because the team I root for is normally at the nothing side of the one nothing games. That's true. <laughs> normally they're on the nothing side of the three nothing games. Uh, four, the nil games. They're normally the nil. Yeah, um, they are the nils. Big piece of crap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but hey, you've got Antonio Conte now, so you know. I don't even know who that is. I don't know who you are. You took everything. Dude, educate me on Antonio Conte. Uh, You know, he's a very, very famous manager. Uh Oh. Uh, I don't know that he's a good manager, but he's very well known, Ian. Uh, No, I mean, he's better than the last guy. He's won a lot of stuff. He's he's done a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff. You know, but very not He's very good. He's very he's Italian. You know. He's Catholic, so there you go. You said he's Italian. <laughs> I already so, got it. I got it. You didn't have to. I already, con- I already conjured up the whole picture in my head. It's Mario. It's uh, Mario for Mario. The Serie A Coach of the Year for three times running, and the Premier League Manager of the Month in three months running in 2016. Also, the Premier League Manager of the Season that year. And second, he won uh, second place in the Best FIFA's Men's Coach Award in 2017. And he was also the recipient of a special achievement from the GQ Men of the Year Award. <laughs> so, And he's also a fifth-class knight in Italy. So there you go. That was the Antonio Conti uh, sidetrack that everyone wanted so desperately. I like that Siri. There you go, Syria. Justin. You're welcome. Syria does sound it sounds, great. It sounds like you're just mispronouncing Syria. Yeah. <laughs> Syria. They're, like, they're part of Syria. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Jordan. Why are, you, why are you saying it like that? Lebanon. Okay, we get it. Uh, uh, Lebanon. Lebanon and a half, you know. I, I love non, to be honest with you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why people hate non so much. It's great. Uh, no, it was great. This Los Angeles game. Oh, yeah. It was I something. mean, it was it was the opposite. I mean, it was fun. It was. I'd say it was more fun than the Blackhawks game. Oh, even this game was, was fun. Loss. It was chaotic. Yeah. Uh, Saad was back in the lineup. You got Kairu Shen Peron, Barbashev Thomas, Tarasenko, Saad, Bozak, Bushnevich, Kostin, Joshua, Neal. Then Scandella, Preko, Krug, Falk, Wallman uh, gets in, or no, Bertuzzo's in in place of Mikula. You got Wallman over there, Bennington starting in net. Um, I got to tell you, three playing this team, the LA Kings, three times in the last five games is awful. 
Um, LA is kind of a boring team. They got they got some some people that are still there. You got Kopitar. You got that Kempe guy. You got the Alex Ayafalo. Hot dogs. He's pretty good. Uh, he always seems to burn the blues. But they're not very fun to watch. And like I was telling you earlier, I think their jerseys really make me just not care. Uh huh. Like boring. they're just black and white. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you put purple in there, put a color in there that made no sense just for funsies. They got uh, teal now, teal and purple, and and, and teal, black. A famously regnal color. Yeah, so. just throw whatever in there. I'd be I'd be 100 percent more interested. I just can't get behind create a team. Like, even us playing them, I'm like, oh, that's so boring. Yeah. Um, and this first period was boring. No, this it was all right. True. It was okay. It was, it was a little back and forth. I thought the Blues actually looked fairly decent in the first, um, but there I was... I didn't see the first. I came in at the second, so tell me more. <laughs> well, like, I think... Did they take a couple penalties in the first? I think they did. I think they had some shitty penalties. Oh, we gotta talk about fucking refing in this game. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Oh, rough. Um, it's not good. I'm not going to blame it for the loss, but it's part of the loss. Mm-hmm. It's part of... I am going to blame it for the loss. When a team can't this. score a five-on-five goal, they need some power play help, and you gave them none. Exactly. Um, second period, Braden Shen scored his third goal of the season, assisted by Tarasenko and Krug. Tarasenko shot the puck, it went off of quick, and then Shen quickly slammed home the rebound on the power play. So, a goal... But not a five on five goal, which is a, it was a nice goal. A though. trend. It was good. It was it was quick. It was quick and efficient. I'm liking this power play a lot. Quickly pass quick. Yeah, quickly pass quick. Quick quick quick. Who? How long would you say it's been since he's been like a factor on that team? Three years. Three. Yeah, years. three four years. Okay. I know because we were talking about. But someone. I think he's better this year. But is he? Uh, I feel like every year they're like he's pretty good yeah. again, and then I check his stats and he's, he's like nine oh one. I'm like okay, so no, yeah, but I agree, not dog shit, I guess. <laughs> so that's good. What were you gonna say before I interrupted you though? Who knows? What was it? You said I know because we were talking about someone, and then I don't know what it. That's fine. After that, okay. it'll come back. It won't it's come back. Forever. We'll talk about that. About after the how podcast. long it's been since Quick was relevant? Oh, because we had someone tweeting about how like. Like, wow, I haven't seen Quick play this bad in like a long time. Like, you haven't seen Quick play this bad, yeah, in a long time because he's maybe did, you should say good. That happened late in this late in the game. I was like, what? I'm confused, but yeah, it was weird. Uh, third period, I think I missed both these goals and I had to come back and rewatch them because somehow I ended up in the bathroom for 15 minutes. Oh, one of those. You ever have one of those? <laughs> of course, you do. You ever like drink water or like walk down the street? Uh-huh, <laughs> That's yeah. what it sounded like. You ever have a long time in the bathroom? <laughs> no, I would. Someone does say no. They're like, I'm, I go in there and I'm efficient. I'm Two in and minutes, out in 90 tops. seconds. <laughs> I'm like, do you wipe? And they're like, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so you were in the bathroom for, for the Kings too. For the too long. Oh, for I it was a long time. I can't so, tell you. So what's the jokey? <laughs> what's the joke? That you were in the bathroom for a long time. For a longer than usual time. That is pretty funny now that you mentioned <laughs> Pretty good joke. Uh, my face is a beat red you know, for my family photos <laughs> later tonight. We're gonna 
lose our entire audience. Did someone want to even, hear about the Kings game? I, even I hope the not. cats are turning off at this point. Yeah. Arthur Kaliev scored with an assist from Kale Clegg. Remember, this is the guy that was born in Uzbekistan, but then they moved over to New York City when he was two, so he's the U.S. now. They tell that every time. Like yeah. it's, it's like it's kind of interesting, but like the first time, not the nineteenth time. Yeah. People aren't always in the places that they're born. It's kind of like how Schwartz is from Wilcox, Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah. And I'll never forget that. I'm going to say that as I die. <laughs> so, you, so you know what? Stephen's dying. It was like... It was like all the way down my throat and somehow came back came up. <laughs> it was delayed, too. That was like a full second and a half after you said, as I'm dying. Oh, jeez. All right. Where? Where is Alex Petranto? You're going to say, where am I going to die? Uh, King City, Ontario. Of course, of, course, of, course. of course. Everyone knows that. Where is David Fromm from? They don't say this as much. Oh. It does have a QMJHL team. I mean, most of them Is do. it Blaineville? No. Boivian? <laughs> no. Uh, oh, is it where the Remparts are? No, they're in Quebec, right? I don't think I know. It's from Sherbrooke. Sherbrooke, you're right. You're right. I knew that. I didn't know that. Where's Adrian Kempe from, though? <sighs> He's from over there, yeah. He's from French Canada. Probably. Uh, my the like the my nasal cavity oh, is on fire. Oh, I'm so sorry. I do hate that. <laughs> Have you ever shot like something like acidic through your nose? I've shot um, like lemonade, and I thought I thought that was it. You I thought, thought that's were... where I was gonna die. <laughs> I thought you were gonna be saying Wilcott's the Saskatchewan. Wilcott's the Saskatchewan. Why? Why would he say that? We gotta go. <laughs> There's treasure there. Something needs to be done. Adrian Kempe is from Kramfors, Sweden, which sounds what? like a WHL oh, team. Okay. Uh, and he was also from in front of the net with this goal that he scored. It oh. was a little bit of a mess. I'll tell you what happened here, and I got some heat for saying this. Listen, Jordan Bennington's been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He's been great this season. He knows he needs to control the rebound before this goal and cover it up. That's why he slams his stick in disgust after the goal. It's okay, people. It's okay. I say things that are right once in a while. But anyway, um, yeah, it gets around behind the net when he probably should have controlled it and gets back in front of him and they score. It's 2-1. to one. I'm certain the game's over. I'm 100% I turned certain, my computer off. For sure. Then there was, uh, God, there was all sorts of crap after that. There was before that or after that, uh, Saad got shoved into quick oh, yeah, by, uh, with real reminiscent of Corey Crawford just wailing on Vince Dunn and Vince <laughs> Dunn getting the penalty. But, like, he got shoved into uh, quick and got a penalty, and I don't think they scored on it. But then um, there was, like, a queer puck over the glass for the Kings that didn't get called, and then it's like they huddled and talked about it but they didn't call it and then they it was a tnt broadcast which is very good and they had their uh rules analyst who was uh, awesome um that they have one of those and he's like well you know uh you can't review that that's not reviewable and that's the dumbest thing in sports yeah. literally the dumbest made me think of a hand pass i was like you can't you can't get on your freaking little ipad and yeah look at it. like well no what would we do i'm like just look at it just stop it it's literally, like, it's, why, here's the thing, here's the thing that we don't understand enough about refs, because part yelling at refs is part of the fun of sports, right? Yeah, of course. But, like, these are the top of their field. 
They're every bit as elite as the athletes on the ice yeah. at what they do, which is a very hard freaking job. Because they can't see everything. They can't be everywhere. One of the things I think about all the time is, like, uh, NHL players are out there for, like, 80-second shifts, and those are on the long end. And those refs are out there the whole time. Right. You know? Um and it's hard. So, like, why would you ever not give them a resource to fix the mistakes that they make? The obvious mistakes they make. That's what I'm going to say. Is like, I know the argument's always like, well, they're going to review everything. I'm like, no, 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 no. Just review the thing where, like, you all got together and you're like, what did you see? I'm like, well, shit, I don't know. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, then let's go review it or whatever. Or just do what other leagues do. Do what VAR does uh, in soccer and have a guy in a booth somewhere who's like, oh, yo. Yo, 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 yeah. yo, 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 stop it, give it a, give it a look. I get it's like, that's the biggest part of the game is goals, but like the fact that you can have, you can score a goal, it could be in and out, no one sees it, and you then like 12 playing. minutes later. Yeah, or like even like 30 seconds later, yeah. like Toronto will buzz in and they'll uh-huh. like blow the buzzer and you're like, hey, stop the game, we uh-huh. gotta go back and give them this goal. Like, just do that for, you can do that like immediately on something. Yeah. Like you said, if you just have a guy watching replays all the time or watching stuff, while you guys are all reviewing, like I, I don't know, I don't see that the TNT with guy could have done it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you don't see anybody doing anything else. <laughs> That's right. He's on TNT, baby. They that don't dude's work in that his out. basement and just waiting for like yeah. them to throw to him. Where oh, they're yeah. like, "Hey, I wonder if there's like a stipulation." We're with our rules analyst, Adrian. Oh, what? Huh? Oh, what? <laughs> I wonder if there's like a stipulation where like there's they have no to find... controversial calls, but they're like, "Hey, oh. have you ever seen a trip that crazy?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, yeah." I saw John Fogelby's trip Warren Smith one time and Cam Loops. That's when they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, if it was Jeff Merrick, he'd be like, oh, man, that's the that was the trip heard around the world. <laughs> I'm like, no. Oh, that's the one they call the trip with three R's. <laughs> like, what? Uh, yeah, so I thought this game was over. The puck over the glass thing happened. Uh, we had a hook. And they had an embellishment, um, and I see a lot of people, and I feel like there are times where I'm like totally on their side of this, but this mm-hmm. time I was like, not at all, where uh, I see people that are like, well, if it's an embellishment, how is it a penalty? And I'm like, dude, watch it. He yeah. clearly hooked the guy, mm-hmm. and then the guy took a step and a half and fell over <laughs> dead. Yeah. And that's like both things. A thing can be two things. Mm-hmm. It can be a hook and also not a hook that incapacitates you. The embellishment isn't necessarily a punishment for pretending there's a penalty. It's a punishment for pretending that something's worse than it is to draw attention mm-hmm. to yourself. That's why I mean, you can trip somebody and have them falling over, but then the guy can do a yard sale yeah. or whatever and throw everything into the air. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, then uh, there was a... Uh, Series where they were about to score on the empty net, and Thomas hooked Kopitar, maybe? And some people complained about that, too. I don't think... Mm. I didn't really... I mean, I think it was a hook. I think yeah. it got him in his hands. Yeah, but I, I don't know. People complain about a lot of stuff. In any case, I'd given up. But it was like five on four, I guess, at this point with the empty net. I think it was, it was, it was four... It five was, on four, and then it was four on four with the empty net Yeah, or it was something? four on four with the offsetting ones, and then, yeah... Three on four. And then four, four. And then four on four only pulled the goalie. You right. said it right. You okay. Said it right. And then 
somehow, out of all that chaos, Tory Krug scores a goal that kind of like trickles out to him, and he knocks it home past a shorthanded goal. Yeah, a shorthanded goal, exactly, but not an even strength goal because we don't score those anymore. Uh, and in any case, it was tied, and I don't really know what happened. And I'll be honest with you, and I was scared about the nine seconds left in this period. <laughs> I was like, Kaliev could sco- skate down and score, right? He's real fast, but they didn't. Uh, OT happened. I'd rather not talk about it. It was ugly. Like, I know we started on the PK, but we just felt looked like we were on the PK yeah. the whole time. Not very good. I know we both hate um, uh, the... Um, shootout but how do you feel what's your temperature tech on the three on three because i'm over it personally yeah i mean there are some fun ones when you can get it to be a track meet both ways i get it but it's just like 80 percent of the time it Mm -hmm. just turns into like oh they're skating around the zone to get fresh bodies like leave it to nhl coaches to like find the thing that works the best and just like coach the shit out of it and be like oh the fun's gone now because we've optimized this uh over and over and over and over again so (laughs) I mean, honestly, I think they really should do. I think they should do it for ten minutes. Yeah. If you don't want to shoot out, because someone's in the score three on three yeah. in ten minutes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm in favor. Just don't do a shootout. They suck, and we lost on ours. Uh, it was the luckiest shootout. We should have lost much sooner than we did, <laughs> but we still lost. Yeah, was it Kopitar double double posted it? And I was like, ooh, we could do it. I like that Jordan Cairo is in there for the shootout, and he scored. I like that we have options. Yeah. It feels like we haven't really had many options since, I don't know, Shattenkirk left. Uh-huh. <laughs> since we had, like, an Oshie Shattenkirk uh, Steen sort of lineup. It's like, ooh, these are good. <laughs> uh, I always think Tarasenko is going to be good at these, and then I don't. Sometimes he is. He wasn't this time. He was inconsistent. I don't know why that dude has a wicked wrister and he decided to try and do a deceptive play and go for like the little tapping through uh-huh. the through the uh, five hole. I'm like, just score, man. Thing, just bro. be you. Just be you. Just own it. Uh, but in any case, you know, we stole a point that we didn't deserve. I'm not going to be too mad about this. Our offense, uh, scary, a little bit. Um, you know, in a bad way. Yeah, 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 yeah. In yeah, a spooky yeah, yeah. way. Uh, they didn't look great. That was last weekend. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's right. We're on to Christmas. Yeah. Now. Oh, baby. Uh, Mariah Carey's coming hard and she's coming fast, baby. Wow, that sounded. That sounded. <laughs> That's just Mariah Carey. Moving on. The Blues have not scored a 5 on 5 goal in their last two games. They're not getting to the dirty areas. And our friend Jeff Ponder, our hero, our, um, Savior, that's too strong. But is it uh, or like uh, inspiration? Inspiration. <laughs> uh, Jeff Ponder tweeted at uh, jponder94. Give him a, fo- a follow. I can't speak. Um, do not give the their podcast a follow no, under any circumstance. <laughs> unfollow program bots to unfollow them and come follow yeah. us. Uh, hey, hey Alexa, unfollow me from like the Let's Go Blues radio podcast. She heard nothing. Yeah, she didn't want to do it. Alexa, but you got it. You you just yell at her stronger. <laughs> Alexa, tell us a joke. It's the Let's Go. <laughs> Who's there? Hey, it's you. Well, I do to you too. Hey, it's you. No, 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 no. Why was that a man's voice? Ah! <laughs> Did they change it? <laughs> Alexa. Why was your voice different? Hmm, I'm not sure. No! 
don't like this. That was last week's episode, Alexa. Stop it. Oh, no, 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 no. So anyway, Jeff Ponder tweeted, the Blues have a lead going into the third. Not happy just to get a point. Kings tie it and then take the lead. Happy to get a point. Blues score with eight seconds left. Better win it and get two points. Venner goes eight and eight in overtime. Happy to get a point. Hockey is a roller coaster. We sure are. It sure is. We sure are. Oh, my God. Alexa, tell us a joke. Uh, F you. <laughs> that was too close to the bone, Alexa. I'm a millennial. And a falcon. <laughs> uh, a falconer on the weekend. Uh, you know what? It was a point, and we can't be too mad about it. Uh, right I, now, in the Blues game, they are down one to nothing. Of course. Off a goal, though. Here's the thing, though. Oh, no, uh, no. Here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, goal. Oh, no, it's tied one to one. Hey-oh. Oh, baby. I drafted... Uh, Thomas Hurdle, Brent Burns in my uh, DraftKings lineup. Yeah. First goal scored by Brent Burns, assisted by Tomas Hurdle. And I drafted Tyler Vozak in my DraftKings lineup. Our goal scored by Brandon Sod. Welcome back. Assisted by wow. Tyler Vozak. So, you know, I'm, I'm playing all these, <laughs> all these other players out here playing checkers. And yours truly is playing chess. Don't forget playing that. Playing better checkers. And uh, we were going to talk about the um, Springfield Thunderbirds a bit, but let's save that. Just call up Scott Perunovich. That was the point of that segment. Yeah, Just do it. Much. Just, <laughs> that was, pretty much. That was what we were going for. Uh, I did want to point out, though, because I went to their website, that um, uh, the, uh, the the game tomorrow night, if you happen to be in Springfield, Massachusetts, is Deuces Wild Fridays. Uh, there's a pregame concert series. This is pre- presented by MGM Springfield, which apparently exists. Um, and uh, you can get $2 hot dogs, $2 sodas, and, Ian, $2 Coors Lights. So oh, if you're in what? Springfield, Massachusetts, and you're just desperate for a Coors Light, seek help. And then go to Deuces Wild Fridays. Ian, any final questions to close the episode? Um... You know, you wrote a question yeah, at the bottom yeah. of the notes, so I, was I didn't, want, you that I didn't, I didn't want to use that one anymore because I was chastised uh. <laughs> for making this a post-Halloween. No, 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 no. We're Halloween in, we're in this deep. Yeah, what is what is the spookiest thing that's ever happened that, to you? That. <laughs> yeah, I know that might be what mine. Is, I have some good secondhand spooky stories, but what's the spooky? Same. I feel like people have told me. Stuff I remember. And I'm like, I remember the most scared I've ever been personally. Is probably this was like a year or two ago. It was right in the build up to Halloween. It was late at night, and I decided I I startle very easily, so I don't know why I did this. But I decided to watch the trailer for the video game Slender. Oh, I, I remember this. Do you remember this story? Yes. And I tur- I I watched this video this trailer and it's like spooky because it's slenderman who is inherently spooky even though i know he's made up i know that my brain knows that okay my brain knows that stop sending the mail (laughs) he 
you knows. <laughs> the chemicals in my body that produce fear hormones, they don't know that. All right? So here's the thing that I did that made it incredibly stupid. I did this with the lights off at like 1.30 in the morning. And I had to like lock up the house and go to bed. But I watched this first. And uh, then when I got real good and scared, I reached up to turn off the light, turn on the light, and it exploded. The light bulb. (laughs) And I was like, cool! And then, Ian, that's when I started hearing the tapping at the door. And I was like, done with that night. There was like, it was like, it was the most scared I've ever been. Because there were like... Other lights to turn on, but I had to go around the house and lock up. Mm. And I for re- it wasn't just like, oh, I heard a noise. It felt like somebody was like on the porch or knocking on the door or something, yeah. you know. And I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure it was crazy. Or like there were deer that came through my yard a lot. Maybe it was just one of them going spooky and nuts. But like I was scared enough that I literally went to bed clutching a uh, wooden club I got in Kenya in case the Slenderman came into my room. I don't know how that was going to defend me, but uh, he would have just used one of his eight arms to grab the club and the other seven to, you know, tickle torture me or whatever he does. <laughs> but uh, it was just like, I don't do scary movies much. I don't do like haunted houses or anything because of how strong my fear reaction can be. And that night was just like, uh, no thanks, <laughs> you know? That'd be too much. But my uh, family does have a banshee, so that's that's probably the spookiest. Oh, what? Uh, so, all right, all right, we're in this deal. I can't tease that and then not tell it, even though it should have been on last week's episode. Uh, my dad, when uh, he was younger, uh, was the facilities manager over at what used to be Prospect Creek, which is like pretty near where your parents live, at Carmen... And Hannah, Hannah, and not Hannah. Hannah's way over the other way. Hannah's Carmen on the other side. and what's that road? Weidman. Weidman. Thank you. Um, and uh, one night, late at night, he heard like, "Do you know what a banshee is? You know the fun, the the basic ideas for the people that are uninitiated. The idea of a banshee is that it's like an Irish spirit." That's like a, a, a you know, broken hearted woman that uh, comes and wails when uh, bad stuff's about to happen to your family. Right. Uh, and um, so he heard like this woman like screaming basically or something in the night at like 2 a.m. And because he was the facilities manager, he had to get up and like go outside with a flashlight and look around and like figure out if someone had been, you know, shot or whatever and uh, didn't find anything, didn't find anything, Um, went back into his room and went back to bed and and with my mom, she was also there. It's a family, you know how families are. Um, And so she cooperated, I never can say that. (laughs) (laughs) But in any case, so one week later, almost like to the minute, that happens again. Whole process, like, oh, I don't like. Goes that. outside, I don't like that. hears the noise, looks around, looks around, can't find anything, can't find anything. You get a one off, anything. and you're like, that could have been anything. Repeat. And no, 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 uh, okay. but then, like a week later, he found out that like his aunt had died. <laughs> like a week later, like similar time of night, really? everything else, and it was like, mm, no thanks, no thanks. My brother claims to have heard it as well. I don't know that story as well. 
Um, but, you know, he probably will tell me now that he hears this. But that's the spookiest thing that's ever happened to anyone that I know. So now what have you got, Ian? Uh, for me, I don't know that I've anything like spooky happened to me. One time, the scaredest I've ever been, I think, was, maybe I've told this before, but like in sixth grade, that was like the first grade in which I was able to like stay home after school because like grades, whatever, kindergarten through five, I like went to after school stuff. So I like stayed at home, was home alone. It's like the middle of the afternoon in like West County. You're totally safe. But like my child brain was still like, I'm going to have the TV on really loud. I'm going to watch TV and that's what I want to do anyways. But I'm like scared because I'm like alone and there's no one around. This was like the first time you've been home alone? Uh, like, yeah, I think so. Or like for that amount of time or mm-hmm. something. And like this, the year went on and I was getting more used to it. And I had a friend come over and oh, I think uh, I... yeah. And I was, he was like, I'm going to go downstairs and play like GameCube. I'm like, okay, go ahead. Cause I was like in sixth grade and like a freaking goody two shoes. I'm like, I'm going to do my homework right away before anyone even asked me to do it because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's like lame. And um, he's still that way today. Yeah. Folks. yeah. I've never yeah. once asked him to do the notes and they're always there. That's, that's a problem. <laughs> um, so he's down in the basement. I forget he's down in the basement completely. And then he starts walking up the steps and I was about to run out of my home. Like I was like, I don't, I was one of those things where like, I didn't even move towards the door, but I was like standing on the couch and it was like, well, this is better somehow. I'll I'll be able to get right off. Um, And then he turned the corner and I like practically peed myself. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> Thank God it was someone else because I was like, I thought someone was in the freaking house. I thought someone freaking murder me for this like eleven year old child. Um, my dad has some story that he and his one of his brothers camped out at night one night in their backyard. They heard rustling outside their their tent. Uh, they woke up. They unzipped the tent. I do not like the story. The story freaks me the fuck out. If I think about it too much, they, I, he claims it's completely true. I've been like, you told me this as a kid and it was like a joke, right? And he's like, it was, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe I was like a kid and I don't remember stuff well. How but, young was he? Uh, like eight or nine. Okay. And he's like, oh, maybe wow. it was a dream I had and I think it was real So now. this is in a campground. Yeah. Or no, it's just in their backyard. Oh, but they were camping in their backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So they're in a tent. They hear rustling outside. They open up the tent like thing to see like a zip, like where the screen is. Uh-huh. There is a face pressed into the screen just like a white face that he claims is like no features other than eyes and like a mouth like pressed in towards them they scream this thing disappears like moves away from the 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 tent they open up the tent and they see it still outside and it's like a white face with like just kind of like a black sort of like aura cloak thing and it like kind of zigzags around the yard and then it just like goes up into the air no, nope. and I was nope. like, I was like, no, 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 no. And he nope. never tells it to me in like a creepy way, but he'll just kind of talk about it sort of matter of factly. He's like, yeah, it was really weird, and I'm like, yeah, it was. Dan. And I like told him like that's crazy, like you for real, like you don't think it was a dream. He's like, I don't know. He's like, I mean, I have. He's like, it was so long ago, but he's like, I don't know. Like I just that's that's what they saw or that's what we saw, and I was like, no, 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 I don't like that at all, dude. No, 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 no. Oh, I don't like that. I don't. No, it freaks me out a little bit more. I wouldn't, sli- I wouldn't have slept for a week. Yeah. I would have gone inside and I would have just sat on the couch playing video Oh, it'd be all lights on all the time. Yeah. Gun. Yeah. If I had a gun, if I didn't have a gun, I'd find a gun. <laughs> yeah. 
a fashion one. Um, <laughs> you use the armor workbench. I think what freaks me out too, like Diamonds movies, and... if it's like um, demons and ghosts and uh-huh. stuff in movies, for some reason I'm like a little more like, ah, that's, oh, uh-huh. that's okay. There's been like horror movies, and it's not like the movie Alien, yeah, where it's like, oh, it's a sci-fi, but like movies about like people like you and me, and it's like alien abductions or aliens like harassing people sort of thing. So it's almost like you know present day alien horror stuff. Mm-hmm. Fuck no, no, hard pass. No. I watched one. I watched one, and it was kind of like a Slenderman thing because in my head I'm like, it was like a couple years ago. Yeah, I was like 28 or something, and I was like. I'm old enough for this, and I watched it with a friend like late at night, and they left my apartment, and then I just remember like being like, "I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay at all." <laughs> I just watched a shit where half the time it's like people like laying in bed, and then something happens, and now I have to go lay in my fucking bed. Yeah. And I was like, "Nah, nah, yeah, nah." Do you ever like? Do you ever like? Try and like uh, you know cleanse yourself. So I'm like, you know what I'm watching now? I'm watching like five episodes of fucking Seinfeld because oh, yeah. like I'm gonna laugh at absurdity <laughs> and like <laughs> people can't get me. They can't get me because Seinfeld is just too funny. And then you watch Kramer in the like red room and you're like, oh no, that's also scary. <laughs> I uh, I feel like I I don't know if I believe in ghosts. But I do know that I believe that, like, we can't be like, no, things don't exist. See, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not like, ghosts are for sure real, they for sure exist. But I'm also just not arrogant enough to be like, I know everything that's going on in this universe, and they that don't happen, right. you know? So when I hear stories from your dad, who's, like, totally reputable and has only tried, looked at me like he wanted to murder me that one time from across the street... I, that's pretty spooky, man. I don't like that. My fiance's got stories of them seeing ghosts and stuff. Ah, why? But they're like really Tell them not all harmful, now. but they're like, we saw a little boy in our hallway, and then like we didn't see him anymore. And I was like, nah. Part, part of me as the run part, where it's like, run. There's like some weird thing staring at you. You gotta run. And part of me is kind of like, fucking, <laughs> fucking tackle it. Like, kill it again. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I, know. I think that's the paralysis from like I gotta go, but I also gotta like punch yeah. you oh, in yeah, the face so I can run. Paralysis. Yep. <laughs> I don't like that. I'll the last one I'll share. When uh, my grandma died when I was like fourteen. Wow. Thanks for not saying sorry. For your <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I'm so sorry for your loss, David. Said such a terrible way. We, she had a, she had a house in Illinois in Decatur area and it was like big enough. It wasn't like palatial, but like we, the family all went up there and just kind of like got sleeping bags or stayed wherever, you know, for the couple of nights after that we were doing like funeral planning and stuff because it was kind of a big family and they were kind of, you know, they were in a couple different houses. So we all just stayed there or whatever. And my brother was sleeping on the couch in the living room. And the way it was like a ranch style house. So like all the way to the other end of the house from yeah. while well, he was more in the center. And then like all the way at one end was like the exit to the garage. And there would be like a, there's like a door right to the outside. Then there was the door into the garage and there was a door into the basement. And then there was a door into the house. So it was like a tiny hallway with a door on all four sides. So we, had, she had a dog, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, being 
an elderly woman left the house at like 5 a.m. every day to walk the dog and go walk in the mall and stuff. You yeah. Know? And my brother swear, swore at the time that while he was sleeping out there, he heard the door like open the doors mm. open and shut at like 5 or whenever about she would have left with no one obviously awake or going out of the house at any time at that point. And then, like, open and shut again at, like, 5.30 when she would have been back and, like, what you know, would have come back. And it's like, that's the stuff that I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't, see, that's the, that's the like, the movies. They go, let me go check that out. I'm like, I'm not going no, over there I'm ever. Walking, I'm climbing out the window on the yeah. other side of the house. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not walking through that hallway ever again. So, uh, you know, um, the scary stories to tell in the dark brought to you by the Two Guys One Cup podcast. Uh, we did have an episode once titled Gary's Stories to Tell in the Dark, which I think is my favorite episode title <laughs> of all time, uh, which actually would fit again. So maybe this is part two, but I, I don't know. We'll have to talk about it. We'll discuss it. You already know. As always, when we say this, you already know the title of the podcast. Laugh at us. Laugh at us. Laugh at how far off the mark we are. Uh, let's go watch Joel Hofer play hockey, I guess, or something. Anything else you want to say? We'll get out of here. Uh, let's, let's get out of we here. We gave the folks some fun, some spooks. And... Two one. Oh, boy. Did, did Brent Burns score? <laughs> Joel Hofer, Hofer, more like Joel. Joel no, Hofer. We got him. <laughs> we got him. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you all real soon. Night.